Amen. Let me just read a few verses to you from Acts chapter 24. And I want to read from the verse 24 just through to the verse 27. So a short Bible reading for the remainder of the meeting. Acts chapter 24 and verse 24. Acts chapter 24, verse 24. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might lose him. Wherefore he sent for him the oftener, and communed with him. And after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Let's just unite in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy presence with us tonight. We thank thee for the ministry and song of the Kingdom Heirs. We're glad we have heard a message about amazing grace. And we thank thee for thy amazing grace in their life. A message about tears. And we know that this world's a veil of tears. And oh God, we bless thee for the truth of what we find in Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for the blessed Saviour. Thank you for this word of testimony of our brother Derek. And we commit him and his wife and family to thee at this time. We commit ourselves to thee now as we turn again to thy word. We thank you for thy word read in our presence. And we just look to thee that thou will bless the truth of thy word. Even in the closing moments of this service tonight. We thank thee for all that are here. We're not here by accident. We believe we're here by design and purpose. And we pray that thou will speak to us tonight. And if there's one amongst us without Christ, we pray that this will be the night, this will be the time, the moment, whenever they lay hold upon Christ, offered in the gospel. To this end, cover us now with the blood, and pour out thy spirit, for Jesus' sake. Amen. <coughs> now my text this evening is taken from <laughs> Acts chapter 24, and verses 24 and 25. And my subject this evening is the price and peril of procrastination. The background to this narrative is as follows. The Apostle Paul had been falsely accused of being in Jerusalem and bringing Gentiles into the temple. The Jews in Jerusalem, namely the leaders, wanted him put to death as a result. Paul, because he's also got dual citizenship, he's a Roman citizen, he appeals to Caesar. And as such, on his way to Rome, he ends up before Felix, the Roman governor. And after certain days in jail, sort of under house arrest, Felix sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. The Bible tells us that Paul preached of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come. We read that Felix trembled. And here's his response. Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season. 
I will call for thee. And we get asked, why did Felix respond in this way? Alexander Smiley, a Christian writer and preacher, spoke of two sworn enemies of any man's soul. Yesterday, he says, destroys its thousands. Tomorrow destroys its tens of thousands. You see, there are those in Ulster tonight who have been so privileged to hear the gospel. They have heard it hundreds of times. They have grown up with the gospel from a childhood. And yet there comes that point in their life when there are those who feel they've missed their golden opportunity to be saved. That they feel that for the last time they've trampled on their feet the precious blood of Christ. That the day of grace has now slipped them by. And they feel abandoned to their sin. And they're in the depths of despair. And some sadly have ended up in mental institutions over this agonizing problem. Yet there are others who when they hear the gospel... And the appeal to be saved and get right with God, they think about tomorrow. And they make a vow, tomorrow I'll be saved. They, they, they proffer a resolution, I'll do it tomorrow. They have got good intentions. But it was Alexander White who said rightly that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You see, the reality is, on many occasions, uh, that uh, vow, that proffering of the resolution, that good intention is never actually fulfilled because tomorrow never seems to come. And the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. Felix was living in tomorrow. He was living in light of another day. He never realized that today is God's day. Today is God's moment for me. And he delayed and he said, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. I want us to think about Felix and the price and peril of procrastination. Now there's three simple things I want to just leave with you in the time that we have. Think of his specific desire. We read in verse 24, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. This was a specific request from Felix to hear Paul concerning the faith. That was his specific desire. He wanted to hear the gospel. Now, now, let me give you a little bit about Felix's background very quickly. Felix lived as he liked. Notice in verse 26, he hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might loose him. In other words, he tried to bribe the apostle Paul you know, to buy his freedom. He looked upon Paul as a prisoner of Rome. But Paul was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was before Felix, not by accident. He was there in the sovereign will of God. He was going to actually preach the gospel before Caesar himself. And here he is appearing before the governor. It's interesting that the name Felix means deluded one. And Felix is deluded because he lives life as he likes. And he's living at this moment without God. Without the thought that he's accountable. He's living with the mindset that there's no day of judgment or no God before whom he'll give an account. 
Felix also was a rascal as far as mentality and carnality is concerned. Historians tell us that he was a freed slave who climbed to the top using brutality and cruelty. One um, author of Felix's life says that he rose to the position when he had the authority of a king, yet always possessed the spirit of a slave. He rose to the top. He got to the front by brutality and cruelty. He lived in sin. And of course there is pleasure in sin for a season. And um, we will not deny that. There's those tonight who are in the pubs and clubs, those in the discotheque, and uh, it's good fun. They're, they're having a blast. They're having a ball. But I could also take you tonight to some places where, for example, a 34-year-old um, who's an alcoholic wears incontinent pants that are used for the elderly, dressed in the garb of an old man, because he has spent his life having a ball. And now, physically, of course the Bible says, the way of the transgressor is hard. Sin pays wages. And you can live as you like. You can be a rascal. But one day you'll give an account to God. And the Bible says then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Notice it says, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, that was actually his third wife. Drusilla herself was quite a woman. Let me tell you who her daddy was. Her daddy was Herod I. He was the man who had James beheaded in Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He died an awful death. Remember, he was smitten by the angel and eaten of worms. Drusilla's great uncle was the Herod who took off the head of John the Baptist to please Herodias, Philip's wife. And Drusilla's great grandfather was Herod the Great who tried to kill Jesus. Remember when Jesus was born king of the Jews and he heard that all the males under two year olds were slaughtered in and around Judea and Galilee. And yet amazingly this man who lived as he pleased, who, who was a rascal of brutality and, uh, and cruelty, uh, this man who had uh, uh, married this woman who was his third wife, he had an interest in spiritual matters. He had learned about the Lord. Look at verse 22. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he was not a stranger to the gospel, folks. He was fully acquainted with Christian people. And in those days, they weren't actually called Christians. They were called people of the way. And when he sent for Paul, he was really saying to Paul, when he heard him concerning the faith in Christ, how can I be a Christian? How can I be a person of the way? How can I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Felix knew about the way. He knew about the gospel. Now, it's one thing to know about the gospel. But what do you do about it whenever you hear it? Let me illustrate. I'm thinking tonight of a Christian home. A young girl was brought up in that home, saved father and mother. She was sent along to Sunday school. She grew up in an evangelical church. She ended up herself teaching a Sunday school. She was a good, upright, decent young girl. And yet, sadly, she wasn't saved. She didn't know Jesus Christ herself. 
And she found it so hard to accept that she was a sinner. She was looking at those that were on the dirty side of the broad road, the, the thieves, the murderers, the adulterers, the wife beaters, the sodomites. And she was saying, well, they're sinners, but how could I be a sinner? And then she found herself in a gospel meeting. And then the Spirit of God started to deal with her, and she came under conviction. And then she realized that she was a sinner, and glory to God, she got gloriously converted. You see, it's one thing to know about the gospel, and having heard these things, and been brought up in that tradition, and yet it's quite a different thing, what you do about what you hear. Felix at this time, while he was acquainted with great truths relating to the gospel, he didn't actually see his need of a saviour. He, he didn't see his sinfulness. He hadn't intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to just ask tonight, are you a Christian? Are you born again? The Spirit of God. Have you made inquiry to know how to be saved? What a privilege it is to be in a gospel meeting. When people can actually hear the way of salvation in the providence of God. Notice, secondly, not only a sincere desire, but a sobering disturbance. We, we read here in verse 25, And as he, that's Paul, reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. You see, as Felix listened to Paul, he experienced a sobering reality. Suddenly, his life is gripped by the fear of God. And I put it to you tonight, that was God's moment in Felix's life. And this moment could be your moment in your life. This gospel meeting could be God's day of visitation to your soul. Paul reasoned of righteousness. Do you know what that was? That was right living. And at that moment, Felix was not living right. And isn't there hundreds tonight, thousands even in Northern Ireland, and they're religious, and they go to their church, and they have an interest at least in some sort of spiritual things, but sadly at the same time, they are deeply sinful, because they're not living right. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, but that's not the purpose of their existence. They live life as they please could even be guilty of brutality and cruelty, even in a strange way. He reasoned of temperance. And of course you think of temperance when we think of Sandy Row Temperance Lodge. It's nothing to do with alcohol here. The word temperance in Elizabethan language has to do with sensual matters. You see, Felix was the type of person who had no self-control when it comes to sensual things. He would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Go back to this third wife, Drusilla. According to historians, Drusilla was a beautiful woman. And uh, Felix came along, uh, and he actually coaxed Drusilla away from her rightful husband. And I can just see Paul preaching to Felix... And a nerve being touched in Felix's heart and mind. 
And I'm sure he looked over a few times at Drusilla and I wonder what was going on in her mind. And then he brought it home. Judgment to come. There is a God to whom you'll give an account. A day of reckoning, Felix. And Felix's heart is filled with fear. He's bothered. He's stirred. He's moved. Now, now I want you to think of this. Here's a, 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 a brutal, cruel rascal who's at the top of his profession. He's a governor. He's in a privileged position. And he's hearing the gospel. And he's trembling. The spirit of God's at work. And you know, that's a wonderful thing. That's a privilege. I, I want to say tonight that there's thousands in Northern Ireland who haven't yet heard the gospel. And you'll say to me, that's not true. We're speaking today to the Reverend Noel Dara, former minister of Strayed Congregational Church in Lisnagaver. And he told us that in the glens of Antrim, he went to this door and he spoke to this woman. And he quoted the verse of the hymn, Jesus loves me, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. He offered her a Bible. And he said, you know, the Bible says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he says a tear rolled down her cheek and she looked at him and says, could you tell me that again? I've never heard that before. And yet that's in the glens of Antrim, folks. That's not in Africa. That's just, what, 60, 70 miles down the road from Belfast. And you've got Balamina over to the right. And you've learned, depending on which way you're heading, over to the left. And, and there's churches and mission halls in every street corner. And yet the reality is, there's thousands haven't heard. And you have been so privileged. We have been so privileged in the Free Presbyterian Church and in other churches that are true to the gospel that people week after week are hearing and given opportunity to be saved. And when Felix heard this message, he was made to think. This was God's moment. His life must have flashed before him. He was learning about the reality of heaven and the danger of hell. He heard this judgment to come. There's no suggestion that Drusilla trembled. There's no suggestion that she was concerned or interested. The emphasis is on he sent for Paul. He had this spiritual <laughs> desire. He had this sobering disturbance. You see, I believe that Felix knew if he was to get saved, there'd be a change of lifestyle. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Aren't many tonight who hear the gospel comfortable in their sin? And they love darkness rather than light. And that's why they're not repenting and receiving Christ. I suspect that Felix's chief problem was probably to sell it. And even though he had the good intention and was bothered and stirred to the depth of her soul to get saved one day, he was looking over at his shoulder at his wife. Let me tell you a little story. This is a true story. There was a man attending a gospel mission. His name was Billy. I'll not give his surname. He was interested in the meeting. He liked what he heard. He enjoyed the preaching. He certainly enjoyed the singing. Night after night he was there and his wife was really annoyed that Billy was attending these meetings and she knew he's going to get saved some night and come home and tell me he's got saved. 
So what she did was, she phoned up some of his old mates. She says, could you not get Billy to the dart club? Invite Billy for a game of snooker. And that's what Billy did. He stopped attending the mission, went with his mates, the dart club, the snooker table, and all the bad talk that accompanies that. Then the beer started flowing. Uh, Billy wasn't a drinking man, but he started to drink uh, in that particular club. And you know, as the story goes, he never went back to the gospel mission. And he lost any interest that he had in spiritual things. And Billy died an alcoholic. Felix was troubled. Felix trembled. And yet, notice as we finish now. Very simple gospel message. A spiritual desire to hear the gospel. A a sobering disturbance. God's moment had come. God was speaking to him. And here's a sinful decision. Look what he said. Look at the book. Go thy way for this time. Didn't Derek mention time? I didn't collaborate with Derek. He read that verse repeatedly. Using the word time from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season. I will call for thee. Do you know I want to tell you that's a fallacy. What was he saying? I'll tell you what he was saying. When I organise the right time to be saved. I'll get saved there. When I organise the day. When I plan the week and the month to become a Christian. Then I'll get saved. Do you know you and I cannot organise. When we're going to get saved. Or right with God. God's time is now. Doesn't the Bible say in 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. God's time is today. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Not tomorrow. Felix was living in the tomorrow. But the tomorrow was never to come for Felix. Nobody can plan their own salvation. God's moment is now today. What's your excuse? Because this really was a sinful excuse in the heart and mind of Felix. He he was hiding, we could say, in a refuge of lies. And how many tonight are hiding in a refuge of lies? They say, I'm too young. I've got plenty of time. I've got the rest of my life. I'm only a young fella preacher. Leave me alone. I'm only a teenager. I don't want to get saved. I I want to go out into the world and enjoy and have a blast. And then when I'm old and spent, I'll get saved. I want to tell you that's not the case. Do you know why? Because of life's experience for many. Just heard about a man who was in the hospital. And his wife was told... He's getting home tomorrow. And at five o'clock that morning, as the nurse walked past the bed, she spoke to him. And the man spoke to the nurse and said, Good morning, nurse. And the nurse went on about her rounds. And after about five or six minutes later, when she came back round again, the nurse thought, There's something odd about that man. He's lying a funny way. And she went over. And the man was dead. He was out in eternity. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, I'm too bad. Well, God says... Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, 
They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And scarlet and crimson are two of the deepest colors. And you think of those that are in the depth of the dung heap in a sinful sense. Who have done so wicked things that they're unspeakable. And yet the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Maybe you're saying, but I'm too old. I've heard the gospel so many times. I don't deserve, none of us deserve to be saved. If you're here tonight in providence and you know you need to be saved and God is speaking to you, then now, today, tonight is the time. You don't read of Felix trembling again, do you? You don't read of him accepting Jesus Christ. And is that not the price of procrastination? Putting it off. You could put it off for the final time. What's your excuse? Are you looking for a better place? A better time? A little longer? Are you saying, when I'm a dying, and yet it'll never come. Let me finish with this illustration. Years ago, there was a boat left the port of Liverpool. Can't remember the name of the boat. It was bound for Calcutta in India. And on that boat, there was many hundreds of people who were going to work in India uh, in the tea plantations. And there were some missionaries going to the mission field. The journey was long. Um, so the missionary said to the captain, could we have our Sunday services on the boat? And of course they got permission immediately. And there was quite a number gathered for the wee service. One of the missionaries preached. He chose as his text, what shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And a man from Liverpool spoke to them afterwards, as did a number of people, and thanked them for the service and for the message. And he says, you know, listening to you preach... That took me back to my childhood. That took me back to Sunday school and church. And, and you know, I just love to hear that. And then the missionary asked him, are you a Christian? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And of course the man had a wee laugh. <laughs> well, not just now. Someday, tomorrow. And they talked to him and they pressed it home to him. about tomorrow is denial. Tomorrow is delay. Now is decision time. And then the man said, well, look, I'll tell you what. I have a few ports that I want to call in along the way, but when I eventually get to Calcutta, I'll trust the Saviour then. Now, in those days, that boat, like other boats, uh, boats were prone to disease, or at least the people there, and there was a disease called scurvy swept through that boat. This particular man caught scurvy. And before the missionary could get down to the cabin of where the man actually was, the man had died. Just as quickly as that man that I told you about in the hospital at five in the morning, who was to get home that morning, passed away. And he was buried at sea. Do you know you'll never have a more convenient time? It's today, not tomorrow. There's a tragedy in putting off deciding for Christ. Are you troubled tonight? Are you bothered about your soul's salvation?
Do you want to be saved? Could I say as we finish, you've got an awesome responsibility. You've got a responsibility when the Lord knocks to respond. When the Lord calls to answer. And isn't it tragic if you refuse to answer the knock? Or refuse to respond when he calls? Because greater privileges will bring greater punishment. And I say this as I finish, and I say this earnestly, I say it with passion in my heart. Woe be to the multitudes who have sat in gospel-preaching churches, whether free Presbyterian or otherwise, who've had the privilege of hearing the gospel, hardened their heart, refused to repent, and accept Jesus Christ. Greater privileges brings greater punishment. Isn't that what Jesus said? Sodom had no Bible, no gospel mission, no gospel preacher, no, 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 no um, uh, revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it would be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than it would be for you. Great privileges leads to greater punishment. And how many will go out without Christ? All because they've put it off. <coughs> I leave Felix with you. Are you a Felix tonight? You've got a strong desire. <coughs> You've had sobering disturbance many times by the Spirit of God. But sadly you've made a sinful decision to put it off. We say to you while you're in time. Put it off no longer. Today. Now. Call upon Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to your hearts. This evening.